This podcast is a presentation of UCTV.TV, University of California Television. Like what you learn? Help others discover UCTV podcasts by leaving a comment or rating in iTunes. Hi, everybody. Thank you for inviting me to give this presentation today. So today I'm going to give you an overview about uh, salmonella in humans and other animals. So uh, the pathogen salmonella... Um, are gram-negative bacteria, as you can see here, those are these gram-negative roses. Um, uh, um, bet- the bacterium is motile due to Spiritricus flagella. It colonizes the gut of animals, and there are two species, uh, Salmonella enterica and Salmonella bongrae. So you can see here that Salmonella enterica has uh, six subspecies, and there is only uh, Salmonella bongorai, and this Salmonella, they primarily colonize uh, um, cold uh, blooded animals like reptiles. Subspecies Enterica 1, however, is where there are um, uh, all the uh, Salmonella strains that you find in uh, humans. Um, they can infect humans as well as other mammals, and these include uh, Salmonella um, enteritidis and typhimurium, as well as Salmonella typhi and paratyphi that are really specific to humans. Uh, so, um, non-typhoidal salmonella uh, is one of the, primarily, uh, class- the primary classification of salmonella. So, we have uh, non-typhoidal and typhoidal salmonella. And uh, non-typhoidal salmonella, um, uh, there is over 2,000 serovars, but the most prevalent one are salmonella typhimurium and salmonella enteritidis. Uh, in a given year, we have at least 100 million cases worldwide, and antimicrobial resistance is uh, an emerging issue. And in the U.S., we have about 1.35 million cases, 26,000 hospitalizations, 420 deaths, and at least 400 million in medical cost. So this infection uh, is a zoonosis, which means it can transmit it from animal to humans, and is a foodborne infection. And in fact, it's primarily transmitted from food sources, although it can also be transmitted, for example, by uh, pet animals. The typhoidal salmonella um, is actually a smaller group of salmonella, and, and these include the salmonella typhi and salmonella paratyphi A, B, and C. And uh, um, this is a big problem worldwide. There is uh, up to 27 million cases worldwide and 135,000 deaths. But as you can see, the infection is primarily localized in the Indian subcontinent as well as in Africa. And in the U.S., most cases are due to travel. They are imported from these areas. There are about 5,700 infections and 620 hospitalizations. And in contrast to the non-typhoidal salmonella, there is no animal reservoir. Uh, so there is uh, um, only uh, humans are infected and and uh, and, uh, and can transmit. So the transmission is primarily is exclusively human to human. And uh, some patients uh, can become asymptomatic carrier, like for example, this is the case uh, of a typhoid of typhoid Mary, which uh, she was she was a famous uh, cook who uh, transmitted Salmonella typhi to many people, and uh, um, Salmonella typhi in this carrier it's, uh, colonizes the whole blood. So, what are the manifestation uh, of disease uh, in humans? Um, non-typhoidal salmonella, they cause primarily inflammatory diarrhea. This is a, a disease characterized by fever and white blood cells in the stool samples. These are neutrophils. But in 5% of patients, children, elderly, immunocompromised, salmonella can actually cause uh, bacteremia. 
And typhoid fever is a different disease and actually uh, it manifests primarily with fever. In fact, in endemic area, it's often difficult to distinguish typhoid fever from other diseases um, like malaria or brucellosis, also, um, which also are characterized by fever. Uh, in the 30% of cases, uh, patients get diarrhea, but the diarrhea is different from the inflammatory diarrhea caused from non-typhoidal salmonella and is primarily characterized by mononuclear infiltrate. So uh, what I'm going to tell you today, I'm going to cover some topics about the differences between the different salmonella disease uh, in, uh, in humans, and uh, I'm going to go over these topics uh, in a little bit and what we know and what we don't know. So first, let me introduce you to salmonella in uh, animal models and the animal models that we can use to, uh, to study inflammatory diarrhea uh, as well as typhoid fever. So inflammatory diarrhea is caused by um, salmonella, typhimurium and other serovars that are broad host range. And uh, so th that's why there could be a broad use of animal models that includes calf, rhesus macaques. And these are developed a disease that is fairly similar to humans with diarrhea and neutrophil infiltrate. And macaques has also been used in co-infection studies, like for example, with HIV and in malaria model. And uh, the mouse model that is used is the streptomycin treated mouse model, which does not develop diarrhea and develops some loose tools. Uh, with neutrophil infiltrate and can also be used for co-infection study. And typhoid fever, and on the other hand, as I said, is only infectious in humans. So humans have been used, actually, human volunteers to study, to study typhoid fever. Um, and more recently, also humanized mouse model um, with the hum humanized with human cell stem cells, and these mouse develop lethality and can be used to study the natural pathogens, but definitely one of the most used models uh, is the mouse typhoid model, in which the mouse is infected with Salmonella typhimurium, which causes mouse typhoid. And in this mouse, uh, there is lethality and monocytic infiltrate in the gut, and this mouse can be, all, can be also used to study uh, persistence and carriage. So many um, of these animal models, uh, um, of these models have been used to investigate uh, um, inflammatory diarrhea and typhoid fever, and all these models have been useful to contribute to our understanding of disease. Uh, so what are the major virulence of mm, uh, salmonella? Um, so one major thing that distinguishes salmonella, for example, from its close relative E. coli is the ability to invade uh, the intestinal epithelium. And you can see here that host cell invasion occurs thanks to this virulence factor that is a type 3 secretion system encoded by the salmonella pathogenicity island 1. This uh, type 3 secretion system delivers effectors and uh, in this way mediates a salmonella uptake by non-phagocytic cells. And uh, SPI1 uh, and its effectors are needed for the, for, for the development of inflammatory diarrhea. So here you can see a calf intestine. So this calf was infected with wild-type salmonella and developed this, this strong inflammation with neutrophil infiltrate. Um, calf instead that is infected with a mutant in this type 3 secretion system and does not develop disease. And this um, uh, type 3 secretion system encoded by SPI1 is not needed to spread beyond the gut. Salmonella encodes for a second uh, type 3 secretion system encoded by the pathogenicity island 2, uh, which also delivers effectors into cells. 
and uh, it's necessary for salmonella survival inside those cells and for the formation of the salmonella containing uh, vacuole. You can see here salmonella replication inside the macrophages uh, that is inside this vacuole and uh, this uh, um, um, type 3 secretion system encoded by SPI2 also contributed to diarrhea, although to lesser extent than the SPI1 type 3 secretion system. And uh, as, uh, however, is being primarily um, involved also in the spread of salmonella beyond the gut. I'd like to mention also the um, SPV virulence plasmid. Um, this has been uh, widely studied here at UCSD by Don Gani and Josh Feeder. And some of the uh, SPV encoded genes are actually um, uh, effectors of the SPI2. And, uh, and this uh, virulence plasmid is correlated with salmonella dissemination in humans. So strains that um, have the virulence plasmid are capable to disseminate and cause bacteremia. So the, these two um, type 3 secretion systems encoded by SPI1 and SPI2, so these two pathogenicity islands, are really a key for salmonella evolution. And this has been shown uh, many years ago that acquisition of SPI1 was a, a primary factor of differentiation from uh, E. coli to salmonella. And then acquisition of SPI2 uh, was uh, a primary factor for salmonella to evolve from the cold-blooded animal like reptiles to mammals. And you can see here, for example, um, the species uh, um, enterica, which is the most prevalent one. And uh, um, this uh, now with uh, more detailed genomic studies, we can actually we can actually evaluate the common uh, um, ancestor and see uh, which uh, um, uh, how Salmonella bongorai and, for example, Salmonella typhi um, have uh, evolved. And you can see that Salmonella bongorai has a limited number of pathogenicity islands and limited metabolisms compared, for example, to Salmonella typhi that has acquired a lot more factors to be able to uh, replicate uh, in, the, in the mammals and in the human host. So let's go over now the topics that I'm going to cover. So first, uh, how does non-typhoidal Salmonella cause inflammatory diarrhea? So as I said, the salmonella is an invasive pathogen, invades epithelial cells, can replicate in macrophages, and uh, this triggers an inflammatory cascade with production of IL-23 and stimulation of the numerous T-cells in the gut to release uh, cytokines like IL-17 and IL-22, and the consequent uh, production of CXC chemokines, and neutrophils come in, and uh, neutrophils are able to kill salmonella um, in the tissue. Um, however, uh, in, the, uh, in the lumen, neutrophils can secrete also reactive oxygen and nitrogen species, which uh, affects the gut microbiota. And uh, at the same time, the production of antimicrobial peptides by neutrophils and, and epithelial cells results in a nutrient limitation. However, salmonella is able to grow and replicate and acquire nutrients in this environment, which mediates the evasion of a host antimicrobial responses, uh, fecal shedding and transmission. So why do some patients develop bacteremia? So uh, I can give you here the example of uh, a project that I, and that I was involved with many years ago, in which uh, we investigated uh, the mechanism by which uh, um, HIV uh, infection uh, enabled and promoted salmonella bacteremia. And uh, so we used 
the simian immunodeficiency virus uh, model in rhesus macaques and we found that um, SIV in rhesus macaques uh, promotes a depletion of Th17 cells and this results uh, in a blunted inflammatory response. Uh, so this response that I show you, this Th17 responses, is blunted in HIV-infected macaques, and this leads to increased bacterial dissemination and also, as shown by others, increased microbiota translocation. So now let's move on to the second group of salmonella, the typhoidal salmonella, and discuss why does typhoidal salmonella not cause inflammatory diarrhea. So this has been puzzling for a long time because salmonella typhi has the same virulence factors as uh, um, salmonella typhimurium, for example, and cause pathogenicity islands by one and by two, although some effectors are pseudogenes. Um, there is uh, no uh, virulence plasmid, however, which uh, in the non-typhoidal salmonella can promote dissemination and susceptible host. There is uh, extensive genome degradation with a loss of function in over 200 pseudogenes in salmonella typhi. And uh, at the same time, though, there is a gain on function and acquisition, for example, of the SPI7, which encodes for the VI capsule, and also acquisition of the typhi toxin. So, um, first, uh, so when, if we look at the, uh, how salmonella interact with uh, host immunity, um, we, we found, we and others, we found that the salmonella type VI capsule is able to promote evasion of innate immunity. So salmonella typhimurium for the host looks like this uh, red noisy plane. So it triggers a strong inflammatory response, is able uh, to activate TLR5 and node signaling and complement activation and, and causes this massive inflammation that I showed you a few slides before. However, um, salmonella typhi, uh, by expressing uh, the VI uh, antigen and by shutting down expression of, the, uh, of SPI1 and flagelling with this regulator TVIA, is able to uh, look like a stealth, um, a stealth pathogen and basically fly below the radar and be, totally under, and be largely undetected by the immune system. You can study this, for example, in animal models where you can express the VI um, uh, locus in Salmonella typhimurium, and this uh, causes reduced inflammation in comparison to uh, what you see with the Salmonella typhimurium wild type. So this is a summary of what I just told you, that salmonella typhi is able to fly below the radar and the inflammatory response during, uh, during a typhoid fever in the gut is actually blunted. So there is much lower inflammation. We don't know why there is an increased monocytic infiltrate, but we just know that there is really no neutrophil infiltrate. And the salmonella typhi actually disseminates and is able to cause bacteremia. So, but still, how, how does uh, typhoidal salmonella causes typhoid fever? Um, and uh, uh, the short answer is that we don't completely understand it. However, there are some insights on important virulence factors that, that might contribute to some characteristic of typhoid fever. Now, one, of these, one of these factors uh, is the typhoid toxin. So, um, Jorge Galan's group many years ago described that uh, salmonella typhi um, has uh, this uh, um, uh, typhoid uh, toxin uh, and uh, um, composed by uh, cytolethal distending toxin and PTLA and PTAB, which are homologous to pertussis toxin. This toxin has a peculiarity that is expressed only inside the host cells and it causes cytoplasmic distension and cell cycle arrest. 
And what also what they show is that animal inoculated with a purified typhoid toxin develop some sign of acute typhoid fever, like stupor and leukopenia. And, uh, and also here at UCSD, uh, the Varki group, in collaboration with the Galan group, uh, found some important features of this typhitoxin that, in, in that it binds to sialylated glycans. And in particular, it binds to new 5AC in humans. You can see here the, the strong binding. But it doesn't bind, for example, to new 5GC, uh, which is a very similar sugar in chimpanzees which might explain why chimpanzees can be colonized uh, with high doses of typhi, but they do not develop, uh, they do not develop typhoid disease. Despite you know, this uh, terrific progress, however, we still don't know what is the role of the typhoid toxin in vivo. Uh, in fact, the recent studies in which human volunteers were infected with either Salmonella typhi wild type or a typhoid toxin deleted mutant actually showed that there was no, no difference in the development of the typhoid fever. And uh, in, if anything, uh, the patients infected with the typhoid toxin mutant develop bacteremia for a longer time. So perhaps uh, the toxin plays a role in a more severe disease, which of course cannot be modeled in human volunteers, it's too risky, or uh, in chronic carriage. So future studies are really necessary to determine the role of the, of the typhoid toxin in vivo. And... Uh, uh, to study also um, Salmonella typhi in vivo, uh, investigators are, are now using, for example, humanized mice with uh, human uh, stem cells. And, uh, for example, in this study by Ferry Fang's group, uh, um, a mutant library of Salmonella typhi was used to see uh, what virulence factors were essential in this model. And it was found that the VI capsular antigen was essential, and so was iron acquisition by um, Salmonella and was also, uh, was also essential for, the development, for lethality in this model. And uh, in this model, they didn't find a role for the typhoid toxins, but, and, and then again, these are mice, uh, although they have a human immune system, so there could be uh, some, uh, some important factors that are not, uh, um, that are not considered in this, in this model. So last but not least, uh, an important question is why are typhoidal salmonella restricted to humans? And we still don't know that. But at least we gained some insights of host restriction of Salmonella typhi by um, beautiful work that was done by my good friend, uh, um, Professor Stefania Spano, um, both as a postdoctoral fellow in, in an independent laboratory. And unfortunately, Stefania uh, passed away last year and she left us uh, uh, too soon. But this is kind of her legacy, so I want to bring uh, her work to your attention. So Stefania basically found that Salmonella typhi is killing in mouse macrophages, and this is dependent of RAB32 and Block3. There is an, an unknown antimicrobial mechanism that is able to control Salmonella typhi replication in mouse macrophages. And Salmonella typhimurium, on the other hand, is able to evade this by secreting two effector proteins, GTGE and SOBD2, that are absent from Salmonella typhi. So this is an important mechanism of host restriction, um, although certainly there is more to know and to learn about why typhi is restricted to humans. So with that, I would like uh, to uh, thank you for your attention and I would like to thank all the Salmonella researchers all over the world who have uh, inspired this presentation and have contributed with their work uh, to uh, an understanding of this uh, important and uh, challenging human pathogen. I also like to acknowledge my funding sources. Uh, thank you very much. 
You've been listening to a podcast by University of California Television. For more information about this program or UCTV, visit us online at uctv.tv.